Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. Look at this, it's your favourite fact podcast. We are back once again. We've delved through the internet. We've scraped the barrel. We're down past it and we will bring you things that we have learned on the internet. Just decide whether they are worth remembering or if they should be scrubbed from the world. My name is Dan. This week I will bring you stuff about that wretched anti-piracy advert. Remember that? And also a grand mission with cats. Connor joins us. What do you got, Con? Uh, I'm going to tell you what London actually is and a really, really fun fact uh, to explain the power of Google. That's what we're in for. Really, really fun facts. It's about time. Andrea, what have you got? I am going to tell you about how you can tell someone is crying out of happiness or sadness and where Monica Geller from Friends actually lived. From Friends? I enjoyed that. (laughs) Although it's just like, I know, like, do we know other Monica Gellers? Well... It's all coming up. No, it's a brand new episode (laughs) of Baffled. no, my favourite is... Here we go, here we go. This is opening up an old can here. Or actually, no, better question. Who do you think you're more like? Who do I think I'm... Well, I would say I'm probably most like Chandler. Chan- Chan- Chandler. 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 No, you are not. Because he's actually funny. You aren't. <laughs> yeah, but of all of the friends in the TV show Friends, I'm most like Chandler Bing. I'm more like Chandler Bing than I am Ross or Joey. I'd say you're more like Ross. Why? I don't know, because you just yeah. Well, the thing you've got a very good range of vocabulary, and I feel like well, thank you. So here's the deal: I've got a bit of all of them. I've got a range of vocabulary, like Ross. I'm funny, like Chandler, and I'm a womanizer, like Joey. Hmm. <laughs> I think you're more like the man who lives below them in the apartment, <laughs> Mr. Heckles. <laughs> yeah, you are definitely more Mr. Heckles. Moans about everything, dodgy haircut, bit weird. Don't really know what they're about. That's you, Dan, through and through. And then, yeah, a little bit of chatter here and there. Why not? You're like... (laughs) Crushed. That's all right. It was really loud. You're like a mix of the bloated janitor and Gunther, the obsessed psychopath. (laughs) I also also think I've just got a slight little dose of Yeti in me as well, the guy that they once saw in the little, like... um, the little janitor's room and I think I've got a little bit of Yeti in me with my dodgy haircuts as well. Yeah, well, Dan... Weird thing with his sister. 
Yeah, or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or ugly naked guy. Um, Andrea, who are you most like? I get told I'm most like Rachel because I cry a lot. Yeah, I can see that. But yeah. also, I reckon you are fastidiously organised like Monica. Mm, no, not as much as she is. I feel like that's more... Yeah, no, and, I don't, no. And you did walk in today uh, having made your own chai latte. And as we've discussed, you love your candles, which is a bit Phoebe Buffet. Oh, yeah. So, all-encompassing. Anyway, friends chat done. We're here for the facts. We will give you six. Just decide whether they are worth remembering or, as I say, if they should be thrown into the big bin of nonsense. Connor, what do you have for us? Uh, London is actually considered a forest. Did you know? I did not know. Why is it considered a forest? Okay, so there are almost as many trees in London as there are people. Now, according to a UN definition, any area that has at least 20% trees is considered a forest. And trees cover around 21% of the land in London, making the city actually... Look, I know we call it a city, but it could be an urban forest. In fact, 8.6 million people are known to live alongside 8.3 million trees in London. So... 20% of London is trees. 21% of London is trees, <clears throat> yeah. So that means 80% are not trees. So way more of the... trees. Yeah, thank you. Way... 10% of that is in Hampstead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of Hampstead action going on. A lot of Richmond Park. Which means the the overwhelming majority is not trees. So how can it at all be a forest? Well, because the UN definition says that any area of land that has at least 20% of that land size covered by trees, therefore, is a forest. Well, that's, that's, that's silly. That's a stupid definition. Well, well, maybe it is a stupid definition, but not... it's a bloody definition. So digest that one, fellow, and see what you think about it, because it is. The UN said so. Are there not more things that have to make it like qualified to be a forest? Or is it just trees? Well, you know, I think that, I, I, it, I guess it's all about visuals, isn't it? I think, obviously, London is the smallest city in, apparently the smallest city, I believe, as well, in the UK. Am I right in thinking that? I'm sure it's the smallest really? city in the UK. What is? Yeah, I think in terms of size, London, isn't it? No. In terms of actual land size? No. L- no, because L- London's L- bigger than Los Angeles. Yeah, Greater London's huge. No, I'm talking, I'm talking in the UK. Yeah, it's massive. It's much bigger than Manchester yeah, and but- Bristol and Edinburgh and is it Glasgow. Really? Yeah, it's huge. Um, but yeah, so um, anything, any land that is covered by 20% trees is known as a forest. And therefore, London has got, in terms of its land, 20% trees within it. So therefore, it could be, obviously, they're not positioned like a forest would be, but it could be called a forest. Hmm. I don't blame you for this, but that's the stupidest defi- definition of a forest I've ever heard. That something needs to have 20% trees for it to be a forest. No, 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 no. Yeah, but it, is, it isn't, though, isn't it? Because <clears throat> like... You know, I've got forests near me and, you know, they're, they're small. What, they're a tree? They're not necessarily got, as big. Like... You've got one tree near you and the UN would bloody say that's a forest. No, no, no. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a mass amount of land of which 20% can be trees. Obviously, one tree in your garden isn't 20% of your garden, isn't it? That's mental. You know, it's how many trees actually take up a set, set amount of land. Say, you, say, say your whole garden has just got tree trunks absolutely everywhere, then, what yeah, I guess here? you could say that little bit of land could be a forest. What, what are we doing here with this? No, this is... And you know the thing, Connor? 
I cannot believe you are going for this fact. If I brought this fact to the My- table, you would loathe it. You would you would think it's preposterous. I think it's quite interesting. I think it's quite interesting that London has that amount of trees. It can be actually discussed as a, as a forest. I think that's quite cool. Is it? Yeah. Like... Yeah, I it's, think it's quite well, interesting. Right, so it's interesting that the UN have decided that you only need a fifth of your land mass, your land area, to be a forest, which is, like, stupid. Surely a lot of cities are, like, considered forests then. Exactly. Well, may- maybe, but if you think of London, I think it probably has got a lot more, you know, greenery, definitely when you compare it to New York. You know, yeah. there's a lot more green areas of land, uh, a lot more parks, a lot more, you know, trees and stuff like that everywhere. You've got Victoria Park, you know, you've got Epping Forest, you've got so many different things. So when you look at London as an overall uh, amount of land, then, yeah, it, it could be considered a forest due to all, the, all of the trees. Well, kind of cool. Central Park is 6% of Manhattan's uh, land area. Right. Which is. And realistically, there aren't really any other trees in New York, right? Outside of Central Park. I mean. I'll tell you where there was a tree. I'll tell you where there was a tree, Andrea. When we recorded. uh, This was was PA, pre Andrea. When we recorded in Washington Square Park and a pigeon shat on my laptop. There was a tree there. (laughs) Wasn't there, Con? (laughs) That was a good time. Yeah, I remember it very much. Hold on. Hold on, mate. What do you uh, want from me? I'm just trying to find out more about the forest that you're slagging <laughs> off. So just give us a sec. Well, I'll be honest, Hold on, mate. mate. Just, trying to, just trying to back myself up here, mate. Not you talk about bird poo. You've had that one... It's 21%. I know it's 21%. You, you've, you've learnt one line about the forest in the UN and you've said it about 80 times. Did you say it needs to be 20%? So you don't... No, so 21... It needs to be 20%. You know what you're 21% of, of London's masses is trees. No, Andrea knows what she's doing here. She knows that you've said it needs to be 20% about eight times and she, she, she's trying to wind me up. <laughs> you know what you're doing yeah. here, Andrea. Um, there you go. Forest. Bury that one. What? To all you mates. We're in a forest. Crazy. Hey? Nature. There we go. A- Andrea, give us your first fact of the show. <laughs> um, okay, so I have been wanting to use this one for a fact for a little while, but I've been sort of putting it off because i just i don't know if it's real okay. um if you sob out of happiness the first tear will come out of the right eye but if you cry out of sorrow it will come out from the left eye and i've seen that fact Ooh. like everywhere now so i don't know if it's like so that must be something to do with brain it's got to be something to do with each side of your brain surely because every- obviously that's... one side of the brain controls one thing the other side of the brain controls the other thing does the one side connect to one eye does another side connect to another eye. I can see how that could make sense as mental as it sounds. That's really cool. I can see how that could work. Did you know that also the, like your left part of the brain controls your right side? Yeah, it's crisscrossed. So yeah. yeah. I, look, this might be true. I feel like it's just a line of poetry that's been written down. It's something you'd see on Instagram. You walk into, you, you know, your new boyfriend's mum's house and you see live, laugh, love. You see, don't li- don't want, don't cry when it's raining. Learn to dance in the storm. You see all of that, and you also see she's seen on Facebook Marketplace a bit of wood, and on it is written, "You cry happiness from the right eye and sadness from the left eye." <laughs> I don't, I don't believe it, Connor. <laughs> yeah, someone's put someone's put a quid in Dan today because he's absolutely on it with these facts. I tell you, <laughs> we could say anything right now, and he would just demolish through him like a bulldozer. No, it's <laughs> not true. Are. He's but, ready but, to go. But you, you have brought right, Connor. You brought. Uh, well, at least, uh, at least, science behind 
the fact. You put a statistic behind the fact, right? I mean, I might have heard it too many times. 21% of an area needs to be trees for it to be classed as a forest. Andrea has had a walk around Ikea and has seen that written in neon above the toilets and thought, oh, I'll have that. I'll have that. I'll take that with me. Do you me. know what? Do you know what? I um, With this fact, I can't remember a time where I've ever cried with happiness. I've, always, I've been happy. I'm not saying that I'm not a happy person, but I don't think it's ever brought me to a tear. I was thinking ever. about... I've, I've cried in... Uh, Quite in sadness many a times, but I don't. I can't think of a time where something. And I've had some great things happen to me in my life, and I'm unsure if I've ever, I've ever cried with happiness. Maybe, maybe from overwhelmed. I don't know. Yeah, go on. Uh, no, I was thinking about when I was crying, <laughs> laughing about your fact the other week about the Oprah fact, and I was oh, yeah. like crying, laughing. I was thinking of which eye that came out of. Yeah, I think. Now, yeah. I oh yeah. I... <laughs> When did I laugh loads again? Oh yeah, the Oprah fact. Right. What what I wanted more. Let me go back. I what honestly I, I haven't laughed at something so hard. <laughs> so long. But that, it's <laughs> like yeah, it's good. It's like an interesting type of cry, isn't it? That one when you're laughing. I think I, I, I normally cry, unless when I'm really sad. Just when I'm like overwhelmed. So when I'm like overwhelmed by an emotion, whatever it can be, I just you just cry a bit. Oh I s- Hold on, this changes it, because I guess you're saying, yeah, because crying with happiness could be when you're all laughing so much it's led yeah. you to tears. Mm. I thought it was more like you've had some news which has just, like, hit you with a dose of happiness that you're like, I can't believe it's happened to me, and then you cry. That was what I was thinking hasn't happened to me for mm. a while. What was the last movie that you cried at, Andrea? Mm, probably Love Actually. Over Christmas? Yeah. How many times have you watched that? I watch it every year and, and still, I cry still every year. Which bit? <laughs> Same scene. The bit where Emma Thompson cries. Uh, yes. Oh my gosh. Because her yeah. husband's cheated on her. Mm. Yeah. And you, re- mm. I, I noticed the other day, people ask, hello, Merry Christmas. People ask, oh, did Alan Rickman's character really have it off with Mia? You, you know, the secretary. And Richard Curtis has said that this did happen. But you notice that, you know, there's the scene where Mia is wearing the little red skimpy lingerie and she puts the necklace around her while the bed behind her is all ruffled up like he's just been round there. That you don't need to cry at that, Andrea. I never, ever, 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 ever used to cry. And then I cried at one film. I can't remember what it was about five years ago. And now I cry at pretty much every film. I, I once cri- I, I, I once cried. Sorry, God. I once cried. Uh, this because this was because I was in the air, right? I was f- flying, and and that does mess with your how you cry uh, at the ending of the remake of Jumanji with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Brilliant, <laughs> bloody hell! Well, there's a moment What's at the end. There, then? There's a moment at the end where they have met a guy in the game and it turns out that he's been there for like 50 years. And then when they finally come back home, they see this guy who has now gone back to live his regular life. And uh, yeah, that guy got me crying. <laughs> that got me crying. Con? I get I get the lump thing a lot in the throat more with films where like, you know, I'm watching it and I'm in it and I'm sort of feeling the emotion. The last thing I actually cried at wasn't a film, but it was that new post office thing that's out on ITV that's obviously explains all about that post office scandal. But that, that made me cry that big time. Yeah, I thought that was very, very emotional because it was based on real people's lives. 
it's like a big it's a big show over here on ITV about like this big post office thing that happened. It's already been in the news, um, you know, <laughs> really really big story. But there's a there's a remake, there's like a make a series of it, and it explains all of it. And it's real people's lives that it affected, and that makes me cry. But then also as well, I did cry a little bit at probably Shrek when he had his first set of kids. So therefore, you know, maybe I'm emotionally unstable. Yeah. I? Shrek three was it when. Uh, she kisses the frog, uh, like the, the the king turns back into a frog or whatever it is. That's an emotional bit for you, isn't it, Con? Mm, yeah, it means a lot to me. Anyway, it's not true. It's a lovely phrase. It's a lovely saying. It's a wonderful bit of poetry, but I ain't buying it a second. Right, first fact of the show for me. Do you remember? This might not be the case for you, Andrea. Um, do you remember, though, when you would watch a DVD in the noughties normally... Before the film started, you would get the anti-piracy advert. Do you remember that? You wouldn't steal a handbag. You wouldn't steal a car. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, it was like this weird sort of little short film that was made in GCSE drama. Yeah, that was the one. And it had a very famous song, uh, background music, that will instantly, instantly bring back the memories. Uh, I've got a clip. Let's take a listen. So we remember that. We remember the advert. We remember that clip. Yeah? Con? Yeah. Yeah. So yep. that is an anti piracy ad. That music you heard for the advert was itself pirated. <laughs> absolute. Really? F- yeah, absolute fact. For the ad? Well, pretty much, yeah. So uh, that music was composed by a Dutch musician called Melchior Rydvelt. He was approached to write some music for an anti-piracy ad with the strict rule that the music would only be played once at a local film festival. So he agreed to that. Then, years later, he was watching a Harry Potter DVD and noticed that advert coming up before he started watching it. And was like, well, what's going on? This is an anti-piracy ad. You've nicked it off me. I gave you permission to use it once. And then he finds out it's on thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of DVDs. He he, he eventually tries to sue the people that uh, took the advert from him and used it without his permission. And this went on for years and years and years until he finally got some money back. How much did he get back? Well, I've been looking around and I, I don't think it was that much. Um... Um, I think, you know, a couple of hundred grand, which is a good amount of money, but it's not. I was saying, did you used to get an advert like that in the States? <laughs> yeah. Like some weird advert about pirate. Was it the same one? Or it was do you think the it was same different? exact one, yeah. Was <laughs> oh my God, it was an international advert and it was still not made to the best. I mean, it was, wasn't there a, was there a guy running in it? If I remember rightly, he nicked like a handbag and he'd yeah. run. Yeah, yeah, because it was people nicking <laughs> stuff, wasn't it? So it was like, you wouldn't nick a handbag. And it would be, <laughs> you know, imagine a ruffian stealing a handbag. It would be that. You wouldn't steal a car. Why are you stealing this DVD? That kind of stuff. Yeah. They could have got me for the voiceover yeah. for that. <laughs> I'm frustrated. Yeah, of course. Oh, God, you, re- you, really, you really do. No, no, no voiceover. And that's the thing. It was just that music. Which, if I was a wrestler, would probably be my theme tune, actually. Actually, I'm doing Kasabian, aren't I? Anyway, it was that music. And they'd nicked it. Very 2000s, isn't mm-hmm. it? That kind of music. Very 2000s. Very 2000s. The best times. You cannot beat. I know I know. streaming's easier, but a DVD was so... I remember going to Blockbuster when I was a kid and getting me DVDs for the weekend. I used to love that. 
And also it just reduced that time of like thinking about it loads. Now I go on Netflix and take hours to pick yeah. something. Whereas I just go in, grab a couple of DVDs. <clears> they'll be what I'm watching. They're all I've got. It's great. And also no kid now will know the joy of being at a sleepover, sticking on a movie, and then waking up in the middle of the night, just hearing the audio from the menu screen going round and round and round and round because you've watched it and it's gone back to the menu and you're just hearing like the... And then that little pause in between. And then it goes by. Oh, do you remember DVD extras? You don't get those anymore. Oh, yeah. Like the behind the scenes and stuff and bloopers. Yeah, and just nonsense like that. Yeah, just go on YouTube. Cheaper by the dozen. Cheaper by the dozen had two discs in Cheaper by the dozen one. One film, second one behind the scenes. Watch both. Great. Do you really need a second DVD for behind the scenes stuff? Yep. They usually did do yep. a second DVD for most stuff, didn't they? Just just so much good stuff that happened <clears throat> on behind the scenes of Cheaper by the Dozen. Oh, by the way, while we're here, uh, and Cheaper by the Dozen has come up, as soon as we left the studio last week, Andrea was straight on the Baffle Babes WhatsApp group with the TikTok that you'd seen of... Uh, the cheaper by the dozen kids then and now. Yeah. Wh- which was incredible. I was a bit annoyed that Steve Mine didn't pop up, but Connor, what did you think about all these kids then and now? He's funny, isn't it? They was, you know, once part of the greatest film ever made and now they're just living their normal lives. I find it very, very interesting. How uh, but good on them. Good on them. Still? I don't think loads of them. And also you find that with young actors... For both, because they've been, they were young actors, so people knew them, and maybe they weren't great, but they were just kids that could speak. They don't get many jobs when they're older. And also, they become a bit bored by the industry, right? So they're just doing normal things. But there were a lot of they like. Might, they must have, you know, had a real dose of fame as well at that point, with Cheaper by the Dozen. Maybe some of them didn't fancy it. Because it was a massive film, wasn't it? It was big, so. And also, when you've made the best film ever, why carry on? Why carry there we on? Go. It's like, uh, you know... Like us, like us talking about this fact. We've carried it right on. I reckon it's done and dusted. Where else are we going with this? I tell you done. what, mate. With your fact, you repeated the same sentence over and over and over again. It's because you didn't believe it. So I have to keep saying it to you <laughs> until you believe it. I'm that guy. I'm like the annoying brother that's like, just keeps going on. Can I have waffles? Can I have waffles? Can I have waffles? And you just break them down and then you get waffles. That's what I do with you. Yeah. That's a weird way your mind goes sometimes, isn't it? Hello, my name is Mark Thompson, your guide aboard the Constellation Station podcast. Tune in every Monday for your weekly guide to all things going on in the skies above the UK that week. From meteor showers to comets and eclipses to supernova explosions, I will have it all. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or wherever you get your podcasts from. But until then, let's hope for some clear skies. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can always get in touch. Get to info at baffledpod.com and there's lots of stuff at baffledpod.com that lets you behind the scenes. We don't need an extra DVD. Let's you behind the scenes of this podcast. Connor, what's your last fact of the show? Uh, it's to do with Google. So when you do a Google query, put something into the search engine, uh, it's basically a thousand computers that are used to answer that for you in 0.2 seconds. So Google is normally quite secretive about their search infrastructure, but in a break from the tradition, they have revealed that a single search query on Google is consuming the processing power of a thousand of the world's most powerful computers within 0.2 seconds. That is mental how they've produced that. When, when I did, think that's crazy. When did this stat come out? Like, what was the what was the year of the article you found it? Well, I saw the facts. I tried to find an article about all of it. I couldn't, and I mean this as well. I couldn't find the exact article that it come from. Um, but this seems to be, you know, the thing they're still saying now. So I imagine quite recent. Because um, to get something that powerful is probably more of a recent thing. I remember the days where Google wasn't as quick as it is now in terms of getting the amount you get. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll get so much now when you Google something so quickly. And I actually remember, I don't know if you remember back when like YouTube was around when it first started, but you'd search something and obviously there wasn't as much uploaded to YouTube then, but you wouldn't really get as much. Whereas now you get so much on Google. So yeah, it's, it's incredible they've created software like that. A thousand computers in 0.2 seconds. That is mental. Makes me feel bad about my digital footprint and like the stuff that I'm looking up that is taking the valuable energy and time of um, you know, these thousands of computers. I've had a look at my Google search history, uh, the stuff that I'll tell you about just a second ago. And these are a few of the last searches that I've done. The cult of Jared Leto. Is this level of drinking regular? Weather for London. You know, and that is, t- is like valuable energy that I'm just wasting on this nonsense. Hmm. My recent Google searches are... Is London a forest? Do tears come from different eyes when you're happy and sad? And give me facts, is please. Solanke, is Solanke the football player for Bournemouth, right or left footed for my FIFA team? There we go. Um, yeah, it worries me. I'm so confused by this fact, I have to say. I don't like it, takes the power of a, did you say a thousand? Yeah, a thousand computers. The equivalent of. So when you search for something. No, the equivalent of. Yeah. The When you search for something, the oh, equivalent. Oh, there's so much information. Okay. So it, it's like casting its net so wide. Right. And it will go, <gasps> it will like hoover it up to find out the, the ones that are most relevant for you. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you, it's like. Like in terms of the speed, you know, the speed of what it's doing. Like when you look at what Google's. So if you, if you put in Google right now, like Justin Bieber. Yeah. And you just instantly hit search on that. You're not just getting 
Justin Bieber Google search. You're also getting that images page, aren't you? You're getting a news page as well. Like it flashes up with absolutely everything that it can provide for you. Well, check this out, Com. Um, absolute seconds, you know. Check this out. And what's interesting as well is Justin Bieber is never far from your mind, is it, Connor? If you ever need an example of anything, it's Justin Bieber. No, no, exactly. Yeah, always. Justin Bieber, Harry Styles, yeah. Either one of those. Dominic Solanke. Well, listen, I typed in Justin Bieber on Google and it says about 189 million results. So just think of all that that information that it's taking and churning up and just presenting it to you. Within like a millisecond. Mm -hmm. 0.51 of a second. Hmm. Just and like as Connor mentioned, it remember what it was like back in the day. But I always think as well, like it's probably based on like when I thought of this, when I saw this fact, like it must be peeing off of like servers when someone Googles something. So like I wonder how many people at one given time are Googling something in Google. Like so how much it's working. So you know that that a thousand computers in zero point two seconds is probably happening times I don't know yeah. how many people at one go, a million? A million maybe at one hit, a hit in search on Google. So it's just crazy, crazy engineering. Uh, yeah, and just, mental. And just ima- not even Justin Bieber, but just imagine how many people are Googling something at the same time as you. I remember mm. in secondary school, our IT lesson, our teacher, when he was probably a bit hungover and he just wanted uh, the hour off, we, we would play the Google Whack game, which is where you needed to type in two actual English words and it could only return one answer. And that was a very famous thing to play at the time. And it was really Sounds hard. Sounds like the most boring game in the world. But yeah, it was, you fun, mate. It was, did, you know, did you never play the Wikipedia game either? No, mate. Oh. Absolutely not. I played runouts, football and pushing kids over. Not the yeah. Wikipedia game with the boys. Do you did... know what I mean? Are oh, you coming online tonight for the Wikipedia game? No, yeah, can't wait. It, you wouldn't play it at night. This wasn't like Fortnite. Mate, I'll tell you what, mate. You want to come over mine tonight? Cut the turkey Twizzlers, potato smileys. Mum might make you a milkshake. We'll play the Wikipedia game. No, mate. Couldn't think of anything worse. <laughs> no, we used to play it in school. Um, again. That sounds like an abs- such a. Where, where are you from? <laughs> uh, well, I'm from Berkshire. Oh, such a Berkshire, and when you think of Berkshire, it's like <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was, it was like it, no, but it wasn't like you know. You imagine other kids. I imagine the comp you went to, Con, like kids dossing around how they were getting off school uh, lessons. Whereas <laughs> I was playing the Wikipedia game. Great question. How would you play it? Well, someone would say something, an article you had to find, and you'd have to get there from the homepage without typing anything in. So maybe you'd look yeah. for Jared Leto. So you'd have to find Jared Leto yeah. just by clicking on yeah. hyperlinks. Mm. I was an absolute beast at it. Did you play Thanks the for Google explaining Maps it, Dan. It has, has made it sound even more exciting. Sorry, Andrew. Did you play the Google Maps game? GeoGuessr? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I played GeoGuessr. My husband did. <laughs> right. Uh, you have to pay for it now. Do you? Yeah, uh, you, you get a certain amount of free ones a day. But He's I was so good at it. I don't get how you can get really good at it. Oh, it's, it's, so if you've never played GeoGuessr, um, you are plonked somewhere in Google Maps, and you have to click on the map where you think you are. And like the YouTube levels of this, you see some YouTubers are insane. Like they're looking at the shape of the street signs that they see they're looking at where people are driving they're looking at the soil they're looking at the types of trees like it is mind-blowing connie you must spend a bit of time doing that when you're not playing fifa yeah i do indeed of course that's what i spend all my time doing yeah i feel it right up with that can't i love it there is no way connor was listening to anything we were just talking about (laughs) for the last minute 
I'm American, so my geography's horrible. In one ear, out the other. <laughs> right, uh, second fact of the show, Andrea, what you got? Oh, this is all about Molly Kagella from yeah. Friends. From Friends. Uh, okay, so despite... It's kind of obvious, but despite despite <laughs> taking place... <laughs> despite taking place almost entirely in new york not a single shot was ever filmed there aside from the outside shots of the apartment and the city why is that specifically about monica it's all filmed in california in the warner brothers studio why is that specifically about monica well i just said monica's apartment wasn't there because it wasn't i mean it kind of was but it the the one that we saw wasn't there this was Connor, what were you saying? I was saying, that, yeah, was it LA, wasn't it? I'm sure it was in LA, a lot of it was shot. Yeah. Um, it was all side place. by side. Yeah, that was something that I found really, really interesting as well. Like, I'm, I think because you love Friends so much, you it, again, perfect example of a great show. It like makes you really believe that they are inside that building they shoot from the outside. But it was all just side by side, wasn't it? So mm-hmm. like the crowd would sit and they'd watch all of the different sets and then they'd move between them. It's cool. The apartment building is on Grove and Bedford, by the way, in New York. That's how we Americans talk. It's on the right. corner of Grove and Bedford in New York. Connor and I went there. Oh. Oh, mm. did you go in the actual thing? I think they had like a thing no, set up in there. No, oh. That was a big show. No, we just went outside. Oh, we went outside. Well, no, we couldn't go in there because Adam, producer Adam, was bloody moaning about how busy it was. So we sort of had to see it and then just pass by it. We'd yeah. love to have gone in there. And you walk, you walked outside and then you tried to get a space with all the, all the other bloody tourists. It's not like the true Friends fans like me. And you would go, you would get a little Instagram boomerang of... <laughs> and then you would go on your way. It's just basically a line of people doing the clap from Friends. Oh. The theme tune to the TV show Friends. If you've not seen it, it's got Monica Geller and Joey. And, um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. These things always de- make me very sad. Why? <laughs> Sorry, you can just hear me. <laughs> just... Uh, and you, uh, when you said, Connor, it, it's an example of a well-made show because it makes you believe it. I scoffed a little bit, but you are right. Like, I'm annoyed that it's not in New York. I am really am bothered. And they... Because uh, in between the scenes, you've got the little... the little shots of, like, the traffic going over the George Washington Bridge or whatever it is. And it does make you believe it, but it was never there. Hmm. Very sad. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I, 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 that, that good shows that you love loads. It gets to a point for me where I just really, really wished it was real. You know, like Joey Tribbiani. I just wished he was a real guy. I'm like, just wished so bad that he actually was 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 real. I told you, what mate. I'm the next best thing. I'm the closest you will ever find yeah. to Joey Tribbiani. Weren't they based okay, off mate. the producers, like, real friends, though? Yeah, I think there was a bit like that. Because originally... Well, no, it, so there was, was an interesting fact. Interesting fact on this as well, and it were extra friends fact. So apparently, or it might have been the Monica character, or the, I think it was the China character, but it wasn't created. So that character hadn't been written. But Chana had gone to Matt, Matt, um, not Matt LeBlanc, Matthew Perry had gone to audition for the Joey Tribbiani character. And he had kind of gone there, done it, and kind of perceived it in a different way. And then from that, they realised he definitely isn't Joey Tribbiani, but there's this extra character that he's kind of brought that they were like, this is a really nice angle that we hadn't really thought about before. This sort of kind of like sarcastic, sort of, you know, yeah real unique character and then and then that character was written it was one of them i think it was charna which i think is really cool hmm. it was almost almost a fact actually that one 
Almost a fact. Got another fact for you as well, a little film fact on top. You know, it was adding you with extra facts. Did you know that Meryl Streep, when she was cast in Devil Wears Prada, wasn't actually meant to act it the way that she was? She was meant to be loud, horrible, obnoxious, and really, really mean and like spiteful in a loud way. Got given the script, went in, sat down and read it in a way that she actually performed it. And they were like, oh my God, we prefer this. What What are we doing here, Con? I'll tell you another fact as well. <laughs> what are we as doing well. Here? London's, a for- London's a forest. Right. That's uh, another fact. Well, here's a bonus fact that is not my fact, but which is quite interesting. Did you know 12% of the pe- of Americans live in just 0.2% of America? That's not the actual fact. 12% over a tenth of Americans live in 0.2% of its land. New York, Chicago, LA. Hmm. One in ten, one in eight Americans live in those three cities, which is just zero point two percent of its land. Anyway, that was a little bonus fact. Here is my actual fact, which is a big mission with cats. In nineteen sixty, Borneo had a rat plague. Right, so they, uh, the people in people in Borneo, um, there the, the I think it was our government at the time actually, a lot of insect pesticides were used as a malaria control measure right a lot of ddt was used to try and curb malaria at the time in the mosquitoes the problem is that made the rats uh, that boosted their population so the uk government who um were in charge of borneo at the time parachuted in fourteen thousand cats to kill all the rats where's borneo again borneo <clears throat> is down near malaysia Cats to kill rats. Sounds like sounds like a good animation, that. Yep, cats to kill rats. It's be and the reason that they think the rats were there was because this DDT was used and that killed off all the cats that were there. So rats without any predators kind of ruled the roost. There was a massive rat plague going along, so they parachuted in fourteen thousand cats. And here's what's amazing. I was talking to um someone earlier about this just you know on my merry way walking around chatting about these things and they said oh Oh, that guy's had a rubbish day (laughs) and they they said oh well he's set up for a right rubbish one (laughs) and they said oh it's disappointing isn't it because those cats wouldn't have had their own parachutes and i thought of course when i first read this act i imagined like the sas of cats all there with their own little parachutes on the back like leaping out of a plane I genuinely thought that's how they would have done it. Imagine 14,000 cats falling from the sky, but no, it was probably one big, one big yeah. drop off. Mm. Connor. Mm. <clears throat> what I'm do you just, think? Oh, mate, I, I've got, I haven't got much to say other than the fact that I'm just playing out a whole Disney Pixar situation here. Cats versus rats, how that looks. I mean, I'm three episodes in already. There's definitely a film in it as well. I mean, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be well up for it. What they you call become friends in the end? Ah, uh, what are you calling it? Mm. Cats versus rats. Yeah. Just yeah. That? Okay. Be fine. really, really exciting. Yeah, different tasks every. Oh, I'm seeing it right now. Little Tom and Jerry, but an expert and sort of a new little version of it. I'm into it. Well, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Baffled. We, we've we've had a lot of facts actually. What have we learned? The anti-piracy music was pirated. Apparently, London is a forest, and Monica Geller was in Friends. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Baffled. Uh, say goodbye, Andrea. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Condog. Goodbye. And I will see you next week. Um, bye. Bye. 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.